But when did you go to bed before you were talking to me? Uh, went to bed at nine o'clock this morning and got up at around noon ish. That is not a full sleep. I grew up just like any other kid in Port Newfoundland, around, on, sometimes even in the water. I grew up wanting to be a sailor, uh, just like my father. Eventually sailed on ships all over the world for 20 years. Then I met this guy, Greg Wells. He bought a 100-year-old church in my hometown. Along with a great team of people, there's some very special things happening there. My name is Ryan Gates. This is my hometown of Winter in Newfoundland. This is Downey's Bank, Silly Cove Records Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back. This is... Uh, episode gosh we're into episode three of the downies bank podcast so uh got a familiar face back i'm gonna i guess greg is probably gonna be a reoccurring theme here i didn't really intend it to be that way but we got lots to talk about <laughs> so um, i'm so sorry i apologize everybody <laughs> yeah me too um but uh we made a, a big announcement today, uh, this morning actually, uh, so we're a couple hours into it now. Um, we've signed another recording artist for Silly Cove Records. Um, again, completely, we started with Courtney Wicks and we've signed Jeremy Harnham, that'll be our next album that we're hopefully get rolled out, uh, and Yes Officer, of course, that's his band. And now we've uh, we've announced the signing of Summer Bennett. Um, I'll give everyone a little rundown in case you uh, you live under a rock and never seen our original post. Uh, Summer, she's originally from Paradise, Newfoundland. She's a high school student at uh, Mount Pearl Senior High. Um, singer, songwriter. Uh, there's not a ton of stuff out there on her. Um, if you go Googling and everything else, you'll find there's been a, a few interviews. I think there was a podcast that she did uh, over in the fall with uh, with our good friend Zach Snow out, at, out in Cornerbrook at one of the Music and L festivals. But otherwise, uh, she's relatively unknown and kind of new to the scene um, because, again, she's so young. Um, she's won a litany of awards in the last 24 months, uh, which I guess culminated with uh, with uh, winning the Newfound Talent Competition, which is always a which is always a big deal every year. Um, in that competition, of course, you get the opportunity to get some funding to record your record a, a song, record your, your first music video, whatever it is you choose to do with that funding. And, uh, and that's exactly what she did. Um, Summer recorded a song called Carsick. Uh, you can catch it on YouTube. Guys, just Summer Bennett Carsick. Uh, she's re- released a music video associated with the song as well. And it's, it's, it's an amazing tune. She's, uh, she's quite a talented young writer. Uh, and her abilities to also... Um, translate that into uh, listenability, I guess is the right word when it comes to how she wants her, her songs to be heard um, is as far as I'm concerned, and I'm no expert at this stuff. I guess what I got Greg here for, but as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, uh, it's world-class, certainly, certainly top end, uh, top end what we're used to seeing here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So um, got Greg here. I want to talk to Greg about the, uh, about basically kind of how we come to, stumble on to, uh, to, uh, summer and, uh, and get his, <laughs> get the story from the initial reaction. Cause I'm always sending Greg music of some sort or another. We're t- sometimes we're just chatting about music in general, not even Newfoundland music, but, uh, but, uh, I had heard summer's release after she won the newfound talent competition and I was 
gobsmacked, which means absolutely nothing generally. I, I've, 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 I've liked things before in the past that other people don't and vice versa. I've heard things a lot of people like, and I just don't, but I, I was absolutely gobsmacked with the song. I said, I got to, I got to send this to Greg for, for his ear and, and get his take because again, as everyone knows, Greg's worked with a lot of world-class pop artists. So I uh, took the track and I sent it off to Greg. I think it was probably early December. I, I didn't really think much of it because Greg always gets back to me on everything I send him. Just sometimes it takes longer than others because we have lives outside of Silly Cove Records, obviously, both of us. Um, so, Greg, you want to walk through the story of, uh, of your first time here in summer? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Ryan, you do a couple other things outside of Silly Cove Records. <laughs> yeah, one or two. One or two things. I know you. I know really. Like you're just kind of sitting around and just sort of like you know, <laughs> staring out the window, wishing you had more to do. Yeah, that's, Folks, that's exactly it. The host of this podcast basically has not slept for the last five days, and he will be embarrassed that I'm saying that. But he, I don't understand how. And it's like here you are doing a podcast. You should be asleep in bed right now. Anyway, sorry. I'm I'm turning into your uh, your surrogate mother. So. Uh, yes, Summer Bennett is is a heavy duty artist uh, already. Summer is, is Summer fifteen, fifteen years old. Yep, she's uh, a, a young human being in the world of people doing this professionally. So Ryan reached out. I'm referring to you in the third person, like you're not, like I'm not looking at you right now. Ryan uh, reached out to me and said, uh, "There's somebody really special." You got to hear some of her music and he sent a couple songs and it took me a while i think maybe a week or two before i could sit down and listen to it i have a lot of children and when i'm in front of speakers like i am right now you can't see on the camera but because they're behind the camera there's a wall of well i'll just show you what's behind here <laughs> there you go inside the greg uh, well home studio <laughs> No shortage of speakers in the studio. So, um, but when I'm in front of those speakers, I, uh, I got to work on the music that I'm paid to work on. Like I can't sit around and just listen to music that's sent to me. If I did that, I would be hard to get to work. Um, so I, my wife is from Sweden and I was taking her and a lot of our kids to the Los Angeles airport because they were going to, I think they were going to Sweden. I think that's what was happening. And I didn't go. This was over Christmas this year. And actually for the last couple of years, I have not done the Christmas trip to Sweden because uh, it's a nine hour time change from Los Angeles. It's like, it's a punch in the face. It's also dark 20 hours a day at Christmas time in Sweden. It's just, it's really hard to adjust to. And by the time I adjust and I come back here, I'm upside down and, and I usually get sick when I'm there. I love everybody there. Uh, but it's what I do is I spend a long time there in the summer. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. So I, I took them to the airport. I dropped them off and I'm driving back home by myself. And I'm thinking, now's a good time for me to listen to that music that Ryan sent. So I put it on and you know, at this point, like I'm an old man, I've been in music professionally for a long, long, long time. And, and once I started working with singers and bands that other people had heard of, then I started getting sent music to, uh, for, you know, 
people were sending me stuff to ask for help or ask to get a record deal or ask if I could get their song on somebody else's record. And uh, I used to listen to everything and then it, it just became too much. And I got very selective with what I was listening to. And unfortunately, most of what gets sent isn't, doesn't blow me away, you know, and the stuff that blows me away is really, really, really rare. And I suppose that's a good thing. It's, you know, it really makes the stuff that is special. It really makes it stand out. So, so I put on the first song, Carsick. And I was playing it and I'm driving it in my car and I wasn't playing it that loud because I didn't, you know, if I hated it, I didn't know what I was about to hear. So I, I, I'm very sensitive. I don't watch TV. I'm like really careful with what I let in. I'm playing it kind of low. And I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, oh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And then the vocal comes in and I'm listening to the first verse. I'm thinking that's really interesting. Nice choices. That's cool. And then the first chorus starts and I'm hearing some like, just, I, I you know, I realize like, oh, this is definitely many cuts above the normal thing that I would hear on a, on a music submission to me. And then I hear a few choices where it goes from like a minor chord to a major chord very quickly. And then uh, the kind of thing that you would hear Paul McCartney kind of fearlessly do. He does that in his writing. He'll just jump around from major to minor and back to minor. And then seven beats later, go back to the major or change keys. And there's a fearlessness in Summer's writing um, that it blows me away. And I, and I actually started thinking to myself, am I, am I really hearing what I think I'm hearing? That was my, my, my reaction. Like, is this really happening? And I reached for the volume and turned it up and went back to the beginning of the song and played it again and really played it loud. And I was just dumbfounded. I was blown away. I felt like I was listening to like, you know, for anyone that's old enough to know who Kate Bush is. Well, now the whole world knows who Kate Bush is because of Stranger Things, which is an amazing little story. Um, but Kate Bush, similar vibe, you know, Kate Bush was a prodigious teenager who wrote really amazing music, really original sounding music. There's something about what Summer's doing that reminds me of what Kate did around the same age and actually for Kate's whole career. Anyway, just the... The song killed me and I listened, I wound up listening to it three times. Um, and I realized, wow, this is somebody who not only has a real gift in an uncommon way, but also really has clearly spent time crafting that gift. It's one thing to have a natural aptitude for playing soccer or playing a guitar or writing a song or doing public speaking or understanding how to take apart a radio and put it back together again. Like there's different things that you know, are doing math. Like all of us have like shorter bridges to some of these points, you know, for me, it's music. I can't do math at all. I can't really frankly do much else. Um, but not everyone then applies that same sort of like, um, I'm going to work on, I'm going to like strengthen the muscle of that thing that you're naturally, you find a little easier. And I could tell that, that she had been doing that. So uh, I, I think I reached out to you, Ryan, and it was just like, I, this is blowing me away, like really blowing me away. Do you remember what I, what I said? 
Well, you 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 said you said exactly what you just you just said. You uh, you told me you're like, am I actually hearing this, or just is just something? Am I am I imagining what I'm hearing? Uh, and and you, you made the comment that you almost went off the road. And I, was, I laughed to myself because yeah. uh, I was like, today we almost killed a Hollywood record producer. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. It was uh, and 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 then of course you 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 went into the litany of questions that you you asked me questions which I had already told you the answers to because I, I think you were still in that disbelief stage. You're like, so this girl's from Newfoundland, like yes, and she's only 15 years old, yes, and this is like her first real release, yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, and 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 I'm not shocked because when I heard it, when I heard the song for the first time, I was I was in exactly the same kind of dis disbelief because. Like her, 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 the whole presentation, the whole, everything is, it's, it's a full on full package. Like the, the whole thing is just amazing. And that's exactly what I spoke when we, when we chatted that day, that's what I mentioned was, was choices, the choices that she makes in her music lyrically and technically is just, is just world-class by my standard. Anyway, I, oh, I yeah. just, it's, it's so, so good. There's some and like the artist Lord, it, it reminds me of that too. You know, a friend of mine is the one that kind of discovered Lord. Uh, flew to where's Lord from New Zealand, I think maybe. Uh, my friend Jason Flom, who's a American record executive, he flew to her home and like sitting in her bedroom listening to the demo of Royals from her laptop, and just thought, you know, he had a similar reaction to what I had listening to Carsick, just like I can't believe what I'm hearing and. Um, and he signed her on the spot, um, and the rest is history. But so then she sent me some more music and, and you and I got on a zoom with summer and her dad, James, and, uh, just talked about stuff and, and, you know, found out that she'd been writing songs since she was seven years old. Um, I have not met a lot of people that have been writing songs since they were seven. Uh, I certainly wasn't. And just continued to be more blown away. She sent me a few more new songs that she's working on. There is one song in particular. I don't think I'm letting a cat out of the bag, but the title of the song is acidic. And, uh, it just blows me out of the water. It blows me away. And I, as I know it does for you too, Ryan. And I, I played it for my wife, Nina and my wife, Nina Woodford is, uh, an incredibly successful songwriter um, from Sweden who has worked with like, she was one of the biggest songwriters in Europe before she moved to LA. So we could uh, be together um, over 10 years ago. And she's worked with all kinds of people like loads and loads and loads of people, big stars. um, And uh, she's the real deal. And I, I said, can you just listen to something for me? Because I think this is pretty amazing. I want to get your take on it. And I just played this demo. This is a really bare bones demo, right? It's just summer and a, and a, and a fake, you know, computer piano. That's it. I don't think there's any, I don't think anything's dressed up. Am I wrong about that? I said, no, you're, you're, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's just a scratch demo. That's it. Yeah. It's a piano vocal, super homemade sounding demo as it should be. And I played it for Nina and she, I could tell immediately was like into it and grooving to it and you know and by the way you know nina heard like the music that she grew up on 
was not entirely R&B, but it was mostly R&B. Nina's half black. And, you know, like grew up listening to a kind of music that I did not grow up listening to in Peterborough, Ontario. She's got a whole other set of cultural references and, and, and her, her internal repertoire, like, you know, the playlist that we play at home that she is from her childhood. is like half of them are songs I hadn't heard before. So she's listening with a different set of ears, which of course is why I played it for her. Cause I wanted to see what her reaction would be. And she's like, this is amazing. And, and when we got to the end of the song, she said, that person is really something special. There's a soulfulness to what Summer's doing. And that's really remarkable, but also through all this intelligence in her writing and expressiveness and deep musicality, um, the way that Summer presents it, it, none of it feels like muscle flexing. It feels very like, I'm just presenting this idea. I'm just offering it up. This is how I feel. It's almost like, what do you think? You know, it's, it's very gentle the way that she puts it forward. And that makes it even more appealing to me. It, it kind of like creates a vacuum. It kind of pulls the listener in. It's not like, uh, and then sometimes, you know, you want to have, you kind of want to be clubbed over the head, but, but there's something about what she does. It's so phenomenal. And somehow she's able to also like, I feel like I'm being pulled in toward it. Like, come here, listen closer. She's really special. And, and, you know, I am so grateful, Ryan, that you uh, put her in front of me, that you found her and, and you're like, this would be incredible if she has any interest in, in being on Silly Cove Records. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm so excited to, to say that she does and she is, and we're going to make an album together. Yeah, it's, it's funny too, because leading up to that Zoom call, of course, because it came together really quickly because you were, and I told this to, I think I was chatting with Rhoda about it or Jeremy, one, one of our board members not long ago. I said, I haven't heard Greg that excited about something since we started this project. Everything we're doing is exciting, man, you know, and you're always excited because, I mean, this, this, is a, this is all a passion project. But, like, you were visibly excited about this, this, this girl's music. You're like, hey, we need to have a Zoom call, and can we do it, like, can we do it, like, now? Or can we do it, like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll reach out and see. So we, we pulled it together rather quickly. And we tried to play it incredibly cool because I was excited as well. And I know Summer was. She told me after the fact that she was, you know, out of her mind, excited to, to for the opportunity to talk to you and I about, about her music and talk, you know, about, you know, her, her first album, what she'd like for it to look like and what her influences are. And all we had all those discussions. But, you know, trying to play it incredibly cool. But we're like, you know, let's make a record here. Let's, let, let, let's do this. And the, 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 the funny thing about this whole thing is when you approached me about silly cove records and, and being part of it i thought yeah excellent you, you you gave me the pitch of here's what i want to do and, and and here's what i'd like for it to be and and like again like i always tell everyone it's it's an ever-evolving project because where where what it's set out to be and what it is currently already is is somewhat obscure uh, and i can't imagine that changing is just going to continue to evolve how we we see it um but it was never this project was never designed to create a star or but like sometimes when you hear something for the first time, like you can't help but wonder, it, this this has a real shot at at her making a, a a very lengthy and successful career for herself. And again, that's not what Silly Cove Records was designed to do at all. Uh, we're just going to give her a boost in the right direction, obviously. But uh, again, like when you hear something of that quality, well, I mean, it goes back to as well. Like I mean, that was the first song, and after we 
after we had our after we had our Zoom meeting with her, she had just released her second song, which uh, was called a song called Rost, and completely different vibe than Karsik. Karsik, uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's a little more on the leans a little bit more pop than what Rost does. Rost is a little bit of a, and she 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 explained to me the song, and I'll get her to do that on on the podcast here in in, uh, in the coming weeks. But she explained, you know, it was. She she wrote the song based on her experiences during the pandemic and feeling like she lost time and you know um, losing part of her childhood because you know she didn't get the experiences that she should have at that age. And listen to her explain to me why why I like the song basically because I, I was just enamored by the lyric like and this is no knock on Karsik but lyrically the song Rust is like up here in 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 my book of of quality songwriting. I just, I just absolutely love it. I, I listen to it almost every day because it's on, it's now on my playlist, you know? Um, and then of course today she rolled out her third single, which would be her last one prior to, uh, working with, with us at Silly Cove records called sirens. And again, complete hard right as to how it feels, how it presents. It still has that summer vibe, uh, summer vibe trademark. Uh, uh, anyway, um, so it still has that vibe, but uh, but again, complete hard, hard left, hard right from from her previous song Rust and the one before that, which was Carsick, and and that is what impresses me. I don't know if it impresses me the most. Everything about this girl impresses me, but like the instant identifiability of her voice, first note, first vocal, I know it's Summer Bennett. That's the thing that stands out to me, and that's that's what I always love about about uh, about singers. I mean, I. Every, I mean, I can sing, you can sing, we can all sing. Anybody who wants to open their mouth and sing can sing. But some people, it's just, you know, on that very first note, who it is and, and what they're about. And, and that's how it is for me with Summer is that she's instantly identifiable. Yeah. So, again. I, and I as a writer, too. Yeah, yeah. Her voice uh, is a writer to me. It has that same fingerprint, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's and I, I like your, your, your description of it pulling you in because I think that's why I can't stop listening to the stuff is because every time I listen to it, I hear something different. If that makes sense. Like oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's multi-layered. There's a lot packed into, there's a lot to unpack as, as people like to say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, with silly Cove records, like my, my initial little light bulb of like what I, I think I would like it to be, what I, what I do want it to be and what I did want it to be in its, in its inception was to document like something special, something local, and something uh, unique, made by musicians living, uh, you know, not just specifically in Winterton where Trinity Hall is, but but definitely like in that area, you know. I mean, frankly, let's just extend it to the to to Newfoundland. Yeah. But like, I want it to. I want it to be stuff that doesn't sound like it's competing with like the Spotify global top, you know, pop chart. That's, uh, that's what I spend the rest of my career doing. And, and the people that I work with, that's all they want to do. And I don't want to do that. I, I want to uh, document and, you know, like, well, for instance, Courtney Wick's beautiful album, which we are on the precipice of releasing the entire thing um, is exactly what I was hoping for, you know, traditional music presented by uh, someone who, who literally grew up down the road from St. Luke's Anglican Church, <clears throat> which is what Trinity Hall was, frankly still is, 
um, you know, a documentation of like a uh, tradition and the music that people have grown up with and that her parents grew up with and that their parents grew up with some of the songs. Um, but it is really quickly kind of like spreading its wings, its tentacles, it's whatever the roots of the tree are kind of, and it all is still making sense to me. Like, you know, uh, Jeremy's record, which we, we are about to launch into in a couple of months, um, is not going to could not sound more different than the album that we made with Courtney. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's basically like aggressive, like modern punk rock music. And I hope that Trinity Hall is still standing after we're done with it. Um, I think it can withstand the, the volume, the sound pressure. Uh, but again, you know, that's, that's a true thing. And it's not, he's not making traditional music, but he's very influenced by all that stuff. And then Summer, again, is like, she's making a very unique thing. I don't think she's trying to write hit songs. I think she's just writing what comes out of her, what she feels. It's almost like reading her journal. And as I feel like I've probably talked about too much already in a previous podcast with you, but the business model of Silly Cove Records, I think is, is a really beautiful thing where, where um, anyone that signs with Silly Cove Records is only on the hook for that one album. So, you know, some, like for instance, Summer will make her next album with me producing it and, and, you know, at no cost to her. Um, and, and then after that, she's free to do whatever she wants. She can make another album with us. She can go shop a record deal or she can quit music or whatever, like whatever she wants to do, it's fine. So we're not like clutching onto anyone. And also the, 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 the profit split, if there's any money made, 50% straight down the middle, 50% of whatever money shows up goes to the artist or the band that's signed. They can do whatever they want with it. The other 50% goes to the record label. And then within the board of Trinity Hall, we're going to figure out what local cause or causes should get it. It goes straight into the community. It doesn't go into any of our pockets. We're never going to see a penny of it. It's just a beautiful thing, you know? So, I think it's really cool if Summer and Jeremy and Courtney and anyone else that's going to link arms with us on the record label to want to do that, like to, to make music for the right reasons. But also this is, you know, this is all about raising money for the local community yep. and no one, no one's pocket lining here. That's, that's, that was the attractiveness of the whole thing to me. I mean, obviously I was looking forward to working with you and picking your brain and all that good stuff because I mean, I'm a, a hobby musician myself. I mean, party guitar type stuff, but, uh, just grew up loving it. And I've, I've always had an ear for music and selling vinyl records and all that good stuff, everything, all my little hobbies in and around the music scene. So like, uh, you know, the, the project in itself was attractive, but the model around what Silly Cove Records has to offer Newfoundland and Labrador, and I'm not just from the, the, the profit sharing thing. Is that what I really like about about the uh, about the, uh, the project is the opportunity to showcase artists in a different place for different people uh, at Trinity Hall. If that if it if it so chooses to be so, who knows what where else we might uh, we might set up a show for our artists when when things go, but also the opportunity to to bring some artists to Newfoundland who otherwise probably wouldn't have come because the one other thing that we're working on, which again, I won't 
disclose any details because it may never happen. And we're hoping it does, but we have invited an artist to record with Silly Cove Records who's actually from Cape Breton. And again, very, very little, little known about, uh, about the, the, that artist and uh, or the artists, I should say. Um, there's been some some production done uh, on, on their own accord, of course, but uh, we've offered them the opportunity to come and record record some music at, at Trinity Hall and, and play for the locals and and give that the give the spin on their music uh, to Newfoundland and Labrador and 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 help help grow how we do things here. So um, there's a lot. Again, you talk about a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack at Silly Cove Records too, because we really don't know what we're doing. Is 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 the uh, is the charm of it all, I guess. Well, there's a nice there's a nice like for, let me just talk about what happened yesterday here in Los Angeles. So I, um, well, Walter Tucker, who just recovered from a successful quadruple bypass operation, hooray, 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 hooray! It's amazing, excellent news. Walter uh, donated a gorgeous seven foot grand piano, Heinzman grand piano to Trinity Hall. Uh, and it's in great condition. I asked if he had any interest in donating a piano and less than 24 hours later, the deal was closed. He found the piano himself. He found the listing himself. I didn't point him toward any listing. He did it all himself from his hospital bed in Carboneer before he was waiting to go into St. John's for the surgery. He did it all from his hospital bed. Um, so there's that, uh, and that's now at Trinity Hall. I can't wait to hear it, you know. Um, and there's a, because I'm making records, I work with a lot of companies that make this gear, uh, microphones and speakers and, you know, equipment to record things and instruments. And I reached out to one of my favorite companies. <clears throat> They're called Royer, R-O-Y-E-R, and they make a type of, you know those old RCA microphones? They look like big bricks. You see them on the old black and white TV shows. <clears throat> they're much bigger than the mic you're talking on. They look like, they're huge. You know, you see them on the old talk shows sitting on the desk. Those are all old RCA 44 mics, they're called. And they're ribbon microphones. It's a different kind of microphone technology. But there's something about ribbon mics that sound really, really great. They sound really natural. And there's uh, a few companies today that make new versions of that. Royer has been making ribbon microphones for uh, over 20 years, making them really successfully. They make gorgeous, gorgeous, really high-end products. They make it all by hand here in Burbank, California. And I wrote to them and said, I told them all about Trinity Hall. I told them about Silly Cove Records, told them about the profit split and how it's all designed to raise money for the local community. Would you guys, you know, here's my dream if you could give, if you could donate some microphones, here's my dream wish list. And I know I'm asking for too much, so I would take anything that you can do. They gave me everything I asked for. It's about fifteen thousand dollars U.S. worth of microphones. They, they're like, come, come pick it up. It's ready. So I drove to Burbank yesterday and got a tour of the factory. I posted about it on Instagram. Uh, the tour. I didn't mention about the donation, but they donated like. They're top of the line microphones. And so I'm bringing that with me when I come in May. I'm going to leave them there permanently. You know, that will give us the ability to not just record the artists that we're working with, but any concert that rolls through, whether it's a choir that wants to get up and even just sing three songs, we will have microphones in place ready to go 
to record a pretty like world-class sound just by hitting record that's so exciting you know i mean we could even uh we have the technology now where i can even operate that from los angeles remotely uh, and i probably don't need to you know i think we're going to get it set up to where um this is like plug and play and once the computer's turned on you could you could just hit record and it, it's going to capture it's like the camera's already in focus we got it just go hit record and shoot the video but we can do that with sound so there's a lot of stuff like we haven't even started yet we, we're not even open to the oh, public yet i know and that's that's the crazy thing is and and i mean we're, we're we're starting a documentary about the whole project both trinity hall and of course the evolution of silicone records in amongst that uh there'll be a that's actually interviews are starting for that i believe on monday coming a couple days time so that's going to be in the works that could be a year in the making mind you but we're going to capture the project and, and and so people can actually see just what's going on because let me tell you behind the doors of that building right now i get over there a couple times a week it is madness it's insanity the old church is being you know the church itself basically untouched but in the, the, the workings in and around it the electrical the plumbing the heating um the the built-on part portion of the church which everyone calls the annex is getting a full overhaul bathrooms kitchen um we're creating which again wasn't in the original plan but again with the evolution of all this hey here we are uh we're going to be putting in an actual permanent recording studio control room uh in that building where a producer can come in uh, make, uh, a sound engineer can come in Artists can come in and everything is ready to rock and roll and pardon the pun, but it's ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly exciting project and it's, and it's on the backs too of some, some great help that we're receiving from, from our contractors, uh, and our volunteers. So there's a, there's a story to be told here, which, um, it's it's a real shame the CBC is, is not more akin to uh, to uh, to telling great stories because it is is fantastic what's happening over there now again with these donations I mean you look at this piano I can't I can't wait to hear you play it we got to get it in, in position obviously and get it all set up and we've got a pipe organ coming from uh, from St John's Monday as well Ooh. the Masonic Hall in St John's. Uh, Morgan and Duncan McRae bought the Masonic Hall a few years ago. They're refurbishing it. They um, tried to sell the the beautiful old 1800s pipe organ that came. That was from England. Uh, tried to sell it. It's you know it's a hard that's a hard thing to sell, and it's it would require at minimum about one hundred fifty thousand dollars U.S of refurbishment just to get to where it, the whole thing worked properly so uh it's a big ask for a seller and they just could they couldn't find anyone to sell it so uh somehow um through ann walker um it got word got to them that crazy me was looking to put an organ in trinity hall and i'd been talking to italian organ companies i'd been scouring all the listings online of uh you know organs for sale not just in newfoundland but like all over canada and the states um you had me talking to carpenters about building an organ i'm like okay here we go oh yeah i was looking at all kinds of options um and and then i heard about that and I, at first i thought i don't know if that's gonna work and and i honestly i'm i'm 
No, actually, I, I do know it's going to work. We're just going to have to like, we're going to have to make it fit because it's a smaller space in Trinity Hall. But yes, that there's a insane organ showing up on Monday uh, and being moved into the hall. And, and the plan is, and I mean, it is going to happen. I don't think we're going to be ready for the grand opening in May. The organ will be there physically. You can see it, but it's not going to be playable at that point. And that's okay. Uh, it's too much to get together between now. It's like we only have two months to make it work, and we need more than that because I really am going to retrofit it. But I'm going to retrofit it so that it looks exactly like it did in the Masonic Hall. It's beautiful, all this amazing old woodwork, and it looks just stunning. But sonically, what you're going to hear, it's going to sound like we're in a European cathedral. It's just, it's hard to explain. Uh, and I know that sounds too good to be true, but that's why I'm so excited about it because I have a version of it in my home here. I have a, I have a, a pipe organ that was taken out of a church in Orange County, and then we retrofitted it to uh, become a digital pipe organ, which sounds ugly and scary, but the technology is so good today that with the right speakers, you sound like you're in a cathedral. It's incredible. And it, it's really gorgeous sounding. It's uh, amazing. And I grew up playing real pipe organs in real ch big churches. It's the same feeling. Uh, so there's that happening. We've got that grand piano now that opens us up to a whole other world of, of a kind of music that can, that can come through Trinity Hall. We can have classical music concerts there. We can have chamber music festivals there. We can like do all kinds of stuff there, you know, uh, choir festivals there is we're going to have a choir perform from toronto they're coming in in july i think on canada day uh they reached out to us we didn't source it you know and and again like i said a few minutes ago we're not even open to the public yet but yes as ryan said you know we've gone a bit nuts and I'm upgrading the electrical and we got a new range and we're like you know like tweaking out the bathrooms and uh Ryan had an idea of turning the church office into a control room for the studio, and that was great and uh, it makes perfect sense. It's really going to be a phenomenal facility uh, while still keeping the church sanctuary building looking basically exactly like it always did. We had to modify the stage area a bit uh, because it just didn't make sense as a, as a music venue to keep it the way that it was. It still pretty much looks the same. But there's just a few alterations. But in terms of the building itself, it's you know, it looks the same. The church pews are there. Um, I can't wait for people to see it. And by the way, the grand opening is May nineteenth, Friday, May nineteenth. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Well, not here first. I guess we already announced that a while back. Because that was always our our tentative date was uh, was uh, the May twenty fourth weekend, the long weekend in in May. Um, we are we're in our, our planning process for that now, but it's going to be a it's going to be a day-long event, um, starting in the afternoon and running until uh, till after supper. There'll be some food and all kinds of good stuff, and uh, and no cost any, as as well. If anybody from anywhere, drop in anytime. There'll be music all day. Locals and some of our artists have, have already said uh, we without even asking the artists that are involved with uh, Silicon Records say, "No, I want to come. I want to play, and I want to be involved in this." I've already heard from Alton, so that's um, awesome. You know, and uh, they're, they're, and that's what this project is all about. Um, you know, the the, uh, the Beatles said it best. You know, get by with a little help from my friends. I've always loved that song because it, it's 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 one of those lyrics that that just rings so true. And with projects like this, uh, when you're dealing with so many 
different artistic people with so many different skill sets. When you start pulling that together, holy cow, holy cow, the stuff that we're, the, the ideas that are getting floated around, um, the artists who are helping each other out, whether it be on the, the music production side of things or the video production side of things or whatever it might be, it's, um, it's inspiring. It's inspiring on any level for anyone. So, no, I'm uh, I'm real pumped. So exciting, for May. yeah. It's so exciting, and it's it's so nuts to think that like that you and I and 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 Rhoda and Anne and Mandy and Jeremy like that we all just met last summer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I didn't envision talking to you nearly as much as I do. Actually, I didn't envision talking to you at all. <laughs> to be completely honest, I said, I'll sign up, I'll help this guy out. If he needs something, I'm sure he'll let me know. Otherwise, I'll use the skill set that I have to best, best suit the project. Uh, but it's to, to say that this has been a full team effort, um, that would be the understatement of the century. Uh, every day, the group chat is going, and this is happening, that's happening, because, again, it's, in, in dreamy dream world, when Greg woke up and you heard the story last time and he had this vision of buying a church in, uh, in somewhere obscure and it all came to be, that's a dream. Now, putting that dream into action requires permits and building licenses and codes and all this boring stuff that I'm not even going to waste your time talking about on a podcast. But the, the amount of work that's been taken on to get this building to an accessible level, an acceptable level, meeting fire codes, meeting all the regulations that we need as a commercial, but it's no longer a church. Churches for a long time, even currently, um, a lot of things get swept under the rug because they can't afford to do this stuff, even even, even if they were told to. So, you know, they, right. they grandfathered right. through because of what it is. But the minute it changes hands and becomes a commercial entity, which is what this is now, it's owned by, it's owned by a private person, um, it's no longer a church, we have to comply with everything everybody else does, for the most part, unless we're given an exemption based on something. Uh, and that is where, that is where uh, our volunteers are truly shining. And we haven't even gotten into the whole, like, I mean, we're just trying to get this place open and, and, and ready for the public to see it and show it off and be proud of it. After that is when the real work begins of, you know, making this place everything that we dream it can be with, with people coming and using it on the, on, on the daily and workshops and clinics and all these different things, getting youth out and involved and getting them, getting them into music. So there's, so there's a next generation to, to carry on what we've started, you know? Um, no, it's, uh, it's, my mind starts to the galaxy brain when I, uh, when I start thinking about the whole thing. Right. And I still, my idea of like wanting to do workshops and clinics with, with people coming in from wherever, I still, I still think there's a way. I don't know how to do it, but I feel like there's a way to get arts funding to pay for the clinicians to come in and do a thing. And then I also want there to be a way for people that want to attend a thing like that to not have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. There, I, there's, I, there's a will, there's a way. I think with that, I, I really think that it's going to be possible. And uh, and and maybe in some, uh, I have no idea, but. If the funding is not there from a government standpoint or from arts, arts and L or music and L or whatever the, the, the governing body is for the particular project we're looking at, maybe it's something that we had to fundraise and fund ourselves. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of having this. Oh building. yeah. I didn't think of that. Sure. That's great. You know, yeah. having this building, having this equipment, that's all been generously donated. Let's use that to make some money and then spend that money on, uh, on bringing in the big shots. You know what I mean? To, to help and, and grow and grow the industry. So there's, 
many ways to skin a cat, certainly when you have uh, people with the skill sets that we have on our team. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all in. If anybody from Air Canada is watching this, please open up the, uh, the St. John's to Europe flights again. That would be very helpful because a lot of the people that I want to bring are on that side of the pond. <clears throat> and selfishly, I want to make that flight too. Um, <laughs> that was a great flight. <laughs> Super convenient. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're 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 almost halfway there from St. John's. You know, why not? I I don't know. Funny story. Eighteen years old, the very first flight I was ever on. I was never on a plane before. My, my family didn't vacation per se. My dad worked like I do. He 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 was never home. And when he was, he, you know, he was busy, you know, trying to maintain a home. We didn't do any amount of uh, traveling or the Florida vacations or the European trips or any of that stuff that you see people doing nowadays. We went to Central Newfoundland once uh, on a trip to Splash and Pop when I was a kid, and it was a great time and everything else. And we, we, we I, and I remember it fondly, and that's, I guess that's the reason. But the first time I was ever on a plane, I was, uh, as you know, I, w I was a, a, a nautical officer and in, uh, working on ships around the world. But in training for that, I had to go and do cadet time. I spent over a year at sea, straight almost. Uh, 12 Whoa. months. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about that sometimes. I get a lot of good stories from that sketchy stuff. But um, but in doing so, uh, the very first job I ever got as a navigation cadet, I had to get on a plane in St. John's, and it was the St. John's to Europe flight, and I flew to Heathrow and got off the plane, and I was in Terminal 1 and had to find my way to Terminal 3. And uh, the, the little Newfie boy stepped me off the plane in Heathrow was a, was an eye-opening experience, to say the least. So It's a big <laughs> airport. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it certainly was. Well, I mean, again, we couldn't figure out the shuttle system. So we end up almost, almost running the entire way from terminal one to terminal three, me and my buddy from St. Anthony, who same thing. I think he flew from Deer Lake to St. John's at one point, <laughs> but other than that, it was a, it was a, an interesting trip, but yeah. Uh, if that flight was available or something similar it would make life a lot easier on everybody. But in any case, I think uh, this actually ran a lot longer than I thought it was going to, and that's pretty well status quo for me and you. That doesn't seem to... Anyway. That's, My fault. Yeah, well, I'm no help. Uh, but anyway, it's always great to chat with you again, Greg, certainly when we can share our, our conversations with the public and let them in, in inside our, our little little caveat that we've created and that hopefully hopefully everyone will see a lot more of it. Uh, which is why I'm really proud of this podcast. It's, uh, it's, it's gotten a lot of great reviews as well. A lot of people are really enjoying the content and, 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 and love hearing from, from you and from the artists. I've got uh, a couple more podcasts in the, in the works. We've got, uh, we've got Justin Fancy. He's going to be joining me next week to chat uh, country music and the influences in around Newfoundland and Labrador. And we've also got, uh, got Jeremy Harnum again, one of our recording artists, who's going to be joining me for an episode as well. So lots to come. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, stay tuned, guys. If you uh, if you like the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Um, we're online visually. You can see my beautiful face and Greg's beautiful face on uh, on our on our uh, YouTube channel. But you can also listen to the podcast. Uh, the audio version is available on Spotify, uh, Google Music, uh, what's that? Uh, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all of all of the above. Um, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can get the Downey's Bank podcast. So I'm not going to keep you, Greg. Appreciate you uh, sharing the bench at Downey's Bank for another uh, another chat. And I'm sure we'll be talking again real soon. I have one word for you: melatonin. <laughs> yeah, turkey dinner. I'd rather that. Sure, anyway, turkey fan works too. Okay. Yeah, indeedy. All right, man. I'll catch you later.
See you, Ryan. Thanks.